With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We made it. We made it to the final hour on this Friday. It's a meet Friday at that. In case you're wondering... Grilled double bacon cheeseburgers with Texas spicy barbecue sauce. Flat top mushroom and onion smashed burgers. Curly fries, onion fries, and even carrot cake. Who has it better than we do? Nobody. Nobody's. Absolutely. Big Ten Saturday night, Michigan State, Ohio State. Saturday on NBC and Peacock. Here comes Saturday night, presented by Discover. Good morning if you're watching on Peacock. It's our streaming partner, radio affiliates around the country. Recapping the day, uh, or at at least last night, the Bears beat the Panthers. There was one touchdown by the offense in that thriller, 16-13. The uh, marquee matchups for the weekend, Niners-Jags, Lions-Chargers, Browns-Ravens, to name a few. The big college football game is Michigan and Penn State. Not only the game itself, but the drama surrounding that with Jim Harbaugh. Last we heard... He plans to be on the flight from Detroit <laughs> to Penn State. Um, I don't know anything else other than that, although there's a report that uh, there is an expectation of some type of announcement this afternoon. I don't know if it's good news, bad news, no news whatsoever, but we're expecting some kind of announcement, press release, something from the Big Ten and the investigation early this afternoon. It could happen as early as today. By the way, stat of the day brought to you by uh, Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Seton, poll question for the final hour is going to be what? Let me update you, Dan, because we did have the uh, who will be coaching Michigan for the Penn State game tomorrow, Jim Harbaugh or interim. Right now, 75% of the audience say Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It feels like He's going to do it no matter what. And uh, that Michigan, I don't know if there's a temporary injunction or something that would happen. It feels like Michigan is ready, depending on what happens with the Big Ten. And, man, this Big Ten commissioner is in a tough situation. Do you think if given the choice, Mm -hmm. the Big Ten commissioner would be in charge of the Big Ten or go back to television? (laughs) Go go back to the MLB (laughs) network? This is a hell of a lot easier selling baseball than it is these idiots. Yeah. Wow. Uh, make sure you sign up for the DP Show newsletter. We got a lot of great items. We sold out of our flannel shirts already. That was quick. 
We sold out of the autograph calendars. We sold out of the moonshine. Uh, so if you're on the newsletter, you get first access. And also, we're doing Dan's deals again. We did that for Mother's Day. We did it last year for the holidays. And you get 50 to 60% off some of these choice items that we picked for you. But you have to be on the newsletter. Go to danpatrick.com. Put in your email address. And that's it. You are good to go. All right. Uh, do we have a new poll question for the final hour, Seton? We're going to go with our must-win, uh, most must-win game of the weekend. Okay. We're throw that into a poll question. Okay. Yeah. Most must-win game. Uh, let's review. I had Oregon against USC, most must-win. Now, we took Michigan off the board. Because that's obvious. Yes. Michigan has to win. But, Paulie, you took Penn State must-win this game. Yeah, to, to be in that picture. What do you want to be in? The national title picture. Okay. Uh, they're due for a big win one of these days. Yes, Todd? I did uh, Washington over Utah in Seattle as my must win. Okay. I did Utah over Washington. Yeah. Did you guys come up with a bet there? No, Todd wasn't interested. Okay. I chickened out of the pie in the face. Okay. Because he doesn't get enough pies in the face. Yeah. How about a punch to the stomach? Whoa, punch <laughs> to the stomach bets? Ooh. Jeez. <laughs> I guess HR frowns upon that. I'm HR. It's like I am the danger. If you guys want to punch each other, loser gets a punch right in the midsection. Stomach punches are the worst. Stitches in the thigh? (laughs) Knife in the back? Getting punched in the stomach sucks. Yeah. Because if you get punched in the face or the head, you're dizzy and knocked out, and you may not remember the pain and the minutes after. If you get punched in the stomach, you collapse, and then you just stay down. Mm. I think, I think it's worse to get punched in the stomach hard. Yeah, I don't want to get hit in the moneymaker, so I'll take one to the stomach. Man, I'll be all right with that. I don't know. I mean, if it comes down to that, and, and then somebody says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick your butt, uh, where do you want it? And I'd say, all right, not in the face. You know, can it hit me in the stomach? Yes. yes it feels yes. like what usually follows a punch to the stomach is a punch to the face. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you get that smash to the stomach, and you're like, oh, and then you get punched right in the face. Yeah. All right, so that's the uh, final hour of festivities. Ryan Leaf, our good buddy, will join us uh, coming up in a little bit. At what point do you realize what you have in Bryce Young? Because I don't know if the – and Ryan is a big Just, uh, Justin Fields fan. He's not ready to move off Justin Fields yet from the Bears. He likes Michael Penix Jr. the third. That's his favorite college quarterback here. But at what point do you go, okay, I know who Bryce Young is going to be? How many games? How many seasons? Because if you're going to do that with Bryce Young now, then you're co-signing on the fact that C.J. Stroud is going to be great. That Bryce Young is not going to be and C.J. Stroud is. And obviously it's way too early to, to assess that uh, situation, I think, with Bryce Young. I'd just like to see him if he has a, a, a competitive team there. Uh, you know, the Bears, by comparison, I mean, they look like they're talented like they're they're loaded compared to carolina they're respectable uh let me see in this happened on this date this is 1984 this backup quarterback led this team to six consecutive scoring drives in the second half the team was down 31 to nothing at halftime and ended up winning by two points this is college 1984 if you said Frank Reich at Maryland oh. against the U. So this is the anniversary of that. And then you have him 
last night on the sidelines with Carolina watching an inept offense that doesn't even score a touchdown. NFL games are averaging a combined 43 points per game. That's the lowest in any season. You have to go back to 2009. uh, Almost 70%, uh, I should say 63% of NFL games this season have been the under. That's compared to 56% last year, 53% in 2021. NFL has a problem. They don't talk about it. They don't want to admit it. But defenses have come up with some kind of game plan here where we're not seeing the offense that we once saw. And they've been helping the offense every single season. Everything they do is to help the offense. And the offense has not responded. Yeah, Paul? You said something last year about the defensive linemen are so athletic now. Yeah. I mean, even the defensive tackles are athletic. It used to be like... Remember, there'd be like a Gilbert Brown, and then there'd be a pass rusher, and the guy was just there to clog up the middle. And now it feels like teams are just, uh, they can't block anybody. Without blitzing, teams are just getting swarmed over. Guys are in the backfield all day. Like Nick Bosa's in the backfield all day. Miles Garrett's just hanging out back there. It does feel like the athleticism or the blocking, whatever, can't keep up. Yeah, and I I had a source, who's uh, NFL scout, who said, you know, we're constantly looking for offensive linemen. Constantly athletic offensive linemen because these edge rushers they got one thing to do they get in a sprinter stance and they're going that's it an offensive lineman has to do a variety of things but they're going backwards while you're running right that at them and if you're looking at the size and speed and athleticism it's a mismatch right now yeah marvin do you think the offensive tackles weights are going to go down to where these guys are like 330 like now they're 280 290 because Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons, they're middle linebacker size. They're not Reggie White big any anymore like they were in the 90s. I think that they've already gone down. It's not about bulk. You you have to have athleticism at those positions. It's not a question of my tackle weighs 350. Good. I, I'm going to blow right by you. But if you, you know, see these guys a little bit smaller, you know, even defensive players uh, not as big. And because nobody's running the ball down your throat. Everything is about being quick, being athletic, getting to the ball, covering people. And that's why I keep thinking, does somebody have a counterattack where it's a power game and then you're trying to stop what you do best, and that's run the football? Yeah, Paul. There's an article we had from last year, and in 2000, the average size weight, weight of an offensive lineman was 313 pounds, the year 2000. In 2010, it was 310 and now it's 307. Yeah. So not a not a ton down, but it's definitely going that direction. Yeah, but you know that's uh, a large sample size of what 24 years. Now you're not going down that much, but I think you're going to trend towards under 300 pounds to be able to counteract these edge rushers. Uh, Ron in Pennsylvania. Hi, Ron. What's on your mind today? Uh, first time caller, Dan. Uh, since you were talking about. With the edge rushers, I was also you said about sacks and hurries, and I think also should be included be game changers. And I would like to say, uh, like being in the Steeler country, about uh, the best edge rushing duos I think this year, and I have to put High Smith and uh, T.J. Watt up as sure, uh, sure. one of the top top two rushers in the in the league. Absolutely, it feels like everybody has you, you need two, and I go back to. When you had uh, Dwight Freeney and uh, uh, who was the other? Uh, Robert Robert Mathis. 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 So you had these bookends, and then you can't get away. But I go back to 
Hugh Green and the other defensive lineman uh, played for the Saints. Uh, last name was Jackson. Hugh Jackson? No. No. Ricky Jackson? Ricky Jackson. So you had those guys coming after you, and then you can't get away. Uh, so you're finding these guys that if I have that guy in the middle pushes everything up the middle, I got my edge rushers there. I mean, you're trapped. You have no place to go. And it just feels like you have these guys who are so athletic and you just put that. They got one thing to do. Go. That's it. You line up, you go. We'll take care of everything else. That's all we're asking you to do. Yes, Todd? But doesn't it seem strange? It seems like there's a lot of roughing the passer, pass interference, unnecessary roughness, all things that you think would help generate the offense and keep drives alive. So it just seems contradictory a little bit. Well, they're trying to slow down you know, the rush. They're allowing these tackles to move back a little bit. They're allowing them to get a little bit quicker start. You look at the Eagles. When they snap the ball, Lane Johnson, okay. He's not moving before the ball, okay. It just... It feels like they're letting things go a little bit more. And then you have the roughing the passer. Everything that they can try to do to prevent these edge rushers from taking over the game. But, I mean, nobody's stopping Micah Parsons or T.J. Watt or Miles. How many players in the game do you say they can't stop that guy? And they're defensive players. Yeah, you can't stop Patrick Mahomes. But how many offensive guys, Tyreek Hill, how many of those guys do you say you can't stop him? But look at these defensive guys. There's no argument if I say you can't stop Aaron Donald. You can't stop Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, Nick Bosa. Now you can slow them down, but those guys are constant. Whereas these other players, you know, they have their moments where they dominate. But these guys, every week, putting the heat on. Uh, Dave in Florida. Hi, Dave. What's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, Dan, Danette, Spritzy. Um, I just wanted to call in and let you know and, uh, that me and some others are a little disappointed in how much attention we're giving to the football and basketball teams at Crappensburg State. Uh, there's many other wonderful areas of study here. For instance, our turf management program. And, in fact, we will all see the results uh, this upcoming summer at the U.S. Open by our top superintendent, who is in charge of Pinehurst Number 2. Of course. No, thank you, Dave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, number two. Yeah, a big wind-up there from Dave, but it paid off. Appreciate the enthusiasm. Yeah, for Crap- sure. Crappensburg State. We have uh, Crappensburg State T-shirts available. Uh, the Crappensburg State baseball team. Yeah. Uh, we have the runs. The double deuce. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the campus bar, the double deuce. I love that shirt. Yeah, I we really got bumper do. stickers. <laughs> do we have my kid... Graduated from Crappensburg State, I think. <laughs> People love to fly those on the back of the, like the little car. Yeah, they should. I think Dean's you know, you, you have the family where yeah. there's the mom and dad, and then the kids, and then the dog, and you see that in the back of you know car windows. There, we need the Crappensburg State. My child made the dean's list <laughs> at Crappensburg State. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a grade point of three point. Two. Uh, <laughs> 2.0. Uh, Eli Manning talked about being recruited by Crappensburg State yesterday. Yeah. Couldn't get him. Yeah. We lost out. It's close, though. Yeah, it was. Very close. Very close. Uh, let's see. Mike in Wisconsin. Hi, Mike. What's on your mind today? Ryan Leaf will join us coming up here in a little bit. Hey, Dan. Uh, 6'2", 
and leaning 215. Yeah. Hey, uh, I just wanted to mention today is the Marine Corps birthday. And uh, 248 years ago, the Marine Corps formed in a bar and uh, figured you'd uh, like that, and that'd be at your wheelhouse. Um, and if I remember right, wasn't your dad a Marine as well? Yes, he was. Well, Semper Fi, happy birthday. It's a bigger day than Veterans Day for us Marines. I wanted to shout out to everyone. And uh, because I was a Marine, Dan, I'm well-suited to handle the, uh, the abuse that I'm getting by going to the Iowa Hawkeye game this weekend. So uh, I'll be ready to watch that 3-0 win. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Yeah, my dad was a Marine. I had an uncle in the Navy and an uncle in the Army. I don't know if you've ever heard of that uh, Choisin. It's uh, C-H-O-I-S-I-N. Uh, it was a territory, one of the bloodiest battles ever. And I had an uncle who was in a foxhole for days. And him and uh, you know a fellow soldier and just trying to fend off. Yeah, Paulie. Uh, I'm reading about this. I never heard about it before, but it's the Battle of the Choison Reservoir. It's in um, Korea, the Korean War, yeah. 1950s, late yeah. 1950. My uncle was never the same when he came back. Never the same. No, was uh, killed himself without alcoholism. Uh, had frostbite. I, I just remember I was really young when I I met him, and he always had white socks on. He he had uh, frostbite uh, the rest of his life. But never, ever, ever talked about that. You know, sometimes you'll get soldiers who will share a little bit. And uh, I, I just remember, you know, when we talk about war, and sometimes, you know, the casualties aren't necessarily people who died. It's the people who carry that with them the rest of their lives. And I just, when I started reading that, I can't imagine being in a foxhole and you're there for days and it's you and somebody else in a machine gun and you're trying to fend off the enemy. Uh, he survived, but he didn't really survive. We'll take a break. Uh, Ryan Leaf will join us coming up on the program. Uh, happy Veterans Day to all the wonderful people who have served and uh, are serving, also first responders as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take a break. Back after this. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm. It's the Divinals. What did I call them? The Del Vinyls. The Del Vinyls. That sounds like a group from the 1950s. Yeah, no, the Del Vikings. The shoe up, it up. <laughs> from the doo-wop shop, the Del Vinyls, ladies and gentlemen. He's Ryan Leaf, uh, former... <laughs> I love your segues today, man. I, just... <laughs> I don't have the energy. I don't have the energy to be creative. It's just like, I... there's burgers out there on the Traeger. Man, I... Seton and I went out there, and I'm like, man, I don't even like onions. But these burgers look so damn good, these smash burgers. Uh, Ryan Leaf covers college football and uh, NFL analyst for Westwood One. Also contributes to Good Morning Football, the former number two overall pick in the NFL draft in 1998. Joining us on the program. If you were playing today, the edge rusher that would make you the most nervous would be who? Max Crosby. Just plain and simple, the motor that guy has. He never comes off the field. He never stops in the running game, chasing guys down, getting after the quarterback. Always just like a little gnat, you know, poking and prodding and making things worse out on the football field. I love him. I have a little, you know, soft spot in my heart for him uh, because of what he's been through and how he's come out of it. And it's just, I love, I love watching that that young man compete. Uh, and he's my favorite defensive player as an edge rusher out there right now. Why don't we focus on hurries or pressures more than sacks? Because I think I could get eight pressures. I could get one sack. Yeah. I want my guy in the backfield always reminding you, you better hurry up. You better make a decision. Not just the one sack. It feel, Well, as a former quarterback, would you be more concerned about eight pressures or a guy with one sack? 
Well, the thing about it is, is that anytime you're working with your offensive linemen, uh, sacks are a huge statistic in terms of what goes, uh, on their collective resume as a, as a unit. It's like if you were to, you know, you know, step out of bounds of a half a yard behind the line of scrimmage, uh, they would absolutely address you in film on Monday because that cost us a sack, Leaf, you know, mentality. So sacks are, are an important number for players out there. But you're exactly right. I mean, if, if you can live in the backfield, statistics are such a huge part of winning these awards. Like, oh, he had, you know, 27 sacks or something like that, or or that's the reason he was Defensive Player of the Year. There are a lot of players that are presenting a lot of problems for offensive linemen and offensive schemers this year that aren't necessarily getting guys on the ground in the backfield but are there every single play. Why is scoring down in the NFL? I think it's the CBA. I do. I think it is the limitation of practices, uh, uh, preseason games, all the things that go into it. I just think we've had a real slowdown. What I do think over the na- last uh, what nine weeks of the season or so, I think we're going to see an uptick. And okay. I think we're going to start seeing some more points scored, more offensive um, uh, um, um, performances, and some better quarterback play from the elite guys moving forward. Yeah, but we've had over 60 quarterbacks attempt to pass, and we're nine weeks in, Ryan. That's the injury part of it. And also, I also think that has a big thing to do with the uh, CBA uh, that was uh, changed in terms of these soft tissue injuries. I mean, guys are just getting banged up more and more because I don't think they're used to getting hit. My wife and I were watching the game last night, and we saw a guy's helmet. Uh, I think it was Tyson Bajans. When he hit the ground, it just how much it moved. The guys don't they don't lock it up. Like I, t- I looked at my wife, I said that thing on me was like such locked up. Like you could shake my face mask like that, and my head wasn't moving inside it. These guys' helmets just pop off like nothing anymore. They don't wear pads anywhere. They got the pants up above their knees. I mean, these there's it, it doesn't surprise me that guys are banged up, and now quarterbacks, the backups in particular, are going to have to step up and play. I'm trying to figure out Bryce Young, and I, I'm curious what would be your line of demarcation of now is when I know who he's going to be. Because if I'm going to use the same reference points, uh, analogies, then I have to do it with C.J. Stroud. So if I'm if I'm comfortable with C.J. Stroud's going to be a star, am I comfortable in saying Bryce Young is not going to be a star? Uh, I, I don't think so. I mean, also, we're uh, pretty much a prisoner of the moment when it comes to the NFL from week to week because, you know, just, what was it, just over 10 days ago, C.J. Stroud was being beaten by Bryce Young, right? And then what C.J. Stroud goes out and does last week in terms of breaking the record, 470 yards, five touchdown passes, and with that big comeback win, the juxtaposition is so drastic. And so everybody can mount and jump on top of Bryce Young, and then he does go, doesn't have a great game last night. You know, he doesn't turn it over, but still, not not a great game after what he how he performed against the Colts. I want to see more. I, I, you know, I lay this at the feet of Frank Reich a little bit. Josh McDaniels just got fired from his second job. Maybe Frank Reich is not a head coach. What he was able to do in Indianapolis just was never to meet expectations. Maybe that's the case, and that's not a bad thing. You know, great coordinators don't necessarily need to turn out to be great head coaches, and unfortunately we see that happen from time to time. But I want to see a full year in this offense. The size thing for me was always an issue. The offense has to be catered to him much more differently. He has to have easy throws, ones he can identify, and they need to use motion. They're just not using the motion to allow things to space out and give him more of an opportunity. And so I think they're doing him a disservice there as well. 
Talking to Ryan Leaf, college analyst, also uh, NFL analyst with uh, Westwood One, and Good Morning Football. I'm going to give you over-unders the rest of the year for win totals. Panthers, okay. over-under three and a half. Under. Cardinals, over-under three and a half. Over. Bears, five and a half. Justin Fields comes back, is healthy, looks like he did those last two games before the Minnesota debacle. Uh, I'm still going to go under five and a half. Okay, are you still all in on Justin Fields if they end up with the number one or number two pick in the draft? Well, uh, that's what I want these last games to be. I want. I. I, I am. I, I do think he is a. I think he's better than uh, Caleb Williams. I think he's better than Drake May. Uh, you may argue the Michael Penix conversation, but I don't think cold weather for Michael is necessarily going to be the best thing for him. I don't know. I, there's a lot to go there, but I, I do think he is a, uh, a an incredibly athlete and a quarterback that is starting to develop. Those, I know. Wait, I, just so I understand, let's say you're the Bears GM and you have the number one pick in the draft. I'm going to go get Marvin Harrison Jr. I know it's a wide receiver, but you need you need you add that with DJ Moore. I, I think that's a problem. Okay. And you think that, that Justin Fields is better than Caleb Williams? Yeah, and I'd use that fifth-year option to to find that out. I, I do think the quarterback. No, room, no, you have to know, Ryan. You can't find it out. You got to extend him. Oh, and you, you're yeah, passing yeah, on yeah, Caleb you have, Williams. You have, you have to find out over the last weeks of the season this year. You, I mean, you you have to have your answer. Ryan Poles already made that decision last year. When he said, no, we're going to trade it away. We're going to go with Justin. I don't know how much more you found out. The games against Denver and Washington, if those are just outliers, then you probably do. But those, for me, are identifiers. That's what he can be. I just don't know if Matt Eberflus is going to be the head coach. No, right? I don't I mean, think he's going Jason. to be. And so that there you have it. And if you're gonna if you're gonna break up the band, if you're going to send another coaching staff and figure something else out, I would probably suggest and, and think that they would go with a new quarterback as well. All right, over under Patriots five and a half. Under. Giants three and a half. Under. Broncos six and a half. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> what do they got? Eight games left? Nine games left? I think. I'm gonna go under with that. Those are a lot. Those are teams that aren't gonna be around for the playoffs, so they're not they're not going to be the teams that, you know, have chances to win those games down the stretch. All right. Um what do you think should? What do you think will happen to Jim Harbaugh in Michigan? Um, I, I maybe I'm. I don't know what I've been doing with this. I, I haven't. I haven't really looked into it. Like how much of it is real and how much of it is not. I, I just. I I haven't cared, and I don't know if that's a more of a slight on me than it is uh, on my attention to college football right now. I just sign stealing doesn't bother you. No, the way they did it, I think I've said this before. I think it's just they were clever, more clever. They worked harder. Uh, they had a plan in place. I will say this: Jim Harbaugh, of course, was my backup quarterback in San Diego, my uh, my my second and third year, and I've never been around a guy that's more competitive than than Jim Harbaugh. More competitive, he would he would want to win at every single thing. So it doesn't surprise me that if this is true, that there was this elaborate sign stealing scheme that that existed because that dude wants to win at everything give me an example of what it was he annoying to be around you know what he wasn't because i'm i was i was rather annoying as a competitive guy my whole <laughs> life uh i had to win too at everything and, and i had a bad attitude when i when i would lose you know and so him and i kind of got along and what was funny 
was when we were competing my third year when they had brought him in and I was hurt my whole second year. They let us fight it out to be the starter again because no one expected me to be the starter again in year three. And we went and competed like crazy. And in that Atlanta game, the third preseason game, I started nine for nine with a touchdown pass. And I remember after that game sitting in the locker next to him, he's like, he looked at me and he's like, we went to war, we competed, you won. And then he just he just put his hand behind my back and started coaching me up and supporting me. He taught me how to be a professional. By the time I had blown it all in San Diego, when I got down to Tampa and Dallas, I was an actual teammate and a professional. I just wasn't as talented. I had hurt my wrist. I wasn't the guy to be a starter anymore. But I knew how to be a professional quarterback, and I owe that to Jim Harbaugh and the support and the competition he gave me to try to win that job uh, in year three. I'm going to guess your social lives would have been different in San Diego, you and Harbaugh. Yeah, they were pretty different. But, you know, that second year, I, you know, I kind of, I fell into a relationship with what I thought was going to solve everything was to, to, uh, to date and to marry the most, uh, beautiful and, uh, popular, uh, former Charger cheerleader. Then everybody <laughs> would love Ryan Leaf, right? They love her. You know, instead they looked at her like, what is wrong with that woman? She must be nuts to go and be with that guy. So that backfired on me. So I was pretty much a home buddy by that time. You know, my rookie year was where I was like, you know, Playboy Mansion, you know, all over the place and stuff like that. By year two and three, when Harbaugh showed up, I was I was pretty settled down. What happened at the Playboy Mansion? Uh, a lot of great things. <laughs> what? Can you can you be vague with me? Um, well, the, the the parties where uh where they where where the women came painted, you know, when they when they went through the whole process of painting on the outfits. Were we at the Playboy Mansion at the same time? We may have been. I don't know. I I went there on on a paint night, and uh, I just remember the Dom triplets were there. <laughs> so all I remember and. Uh, yeah, we we might have been there. Um, I was there. I was I was there three separate times. Oh, okay. And, uh, um, you know, they're fond memories. That's I, all. That's all I can say about it. I mean, I was twenty <laughs> twenty two years old. I somehow was given millions of dollars. I don't think I was very handsome, but the millions of dollars made me seem more handsome. I think in a lot of senses. But anyway, there'll be there'll be memorable times for me to remember, especially with you here, Dan, on the show. Uh, I remember Drew Carey was there, and and Salami from the White Shadow. Um, oh, I remember. Uh, oh, what what? Polly Shore. Polly Shore was there. I think he was always uh, there, wasn't he? Yeah, he may have lived there. He yeah. lived uh, like in the cages with the peacocks and stuff outside the grotto. <laughs> uh, but uh, I was just really in awe. The kid from Montana, the the redneck hick from Montana, was just kind of like. Like, is this real? And I had two of my boys with me who came from Montana, too, like the, the original entourage feel to it. And we were just, I mean, we were just in awe. You know, we'd show up on the Sunset Strip and go to the Sky Bar and Dublin's. And it was just like, I mean, you know, I should have I should have known that, like, I wasn't long for the spot <laughs> when I was just like, this is crazy, fun, good stuff. Let's go. Uh, great to talk to you as always. Have a great weekend. My best to uh, your wife, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. You bet. Good to see you. Sorry I couldn't be there in person. We'll see you next time. Yep, another Meet Friday. We'll wait for you. Ryan Leaf, college football NFL analyst for Westwood One, also NFL Network. He was on uh, Good Morning Football. I couldn't imagine being 20 years of age. Millions of dollars, starting quarterback. 
You get to get invited everywhere you want to go. I couldn't handle it, you know, in my 30s, let alone if I was in my 20s. And I was nobody when I'm showing up. At least to the women, I was nobody. The guys are like, hey, let's talk sports. And the women are like, who are you? I go, I, I don't know, just talking hairdo. All right, I'm um, looking outside. We got the fire going. And this is a perfect day for a meat Friday. Perfect. It's a little bit of a chill. We got the Traegers fired up. Man, those hamburgers look great. And Tyler is taking them off the grill. I say we uh, stop talking, start eating, back after this. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store for Monday. This day in sports history, what will be the lead on Monday? The most watchable game of the weekend, the least watchable game of the weekend. We're going to try to do all of that in about seven minutes' time. Where do you want to start, Paul? I'll give, give you the game, and you tell me how watchable, not watchable. Uh-huh. NFL. Right. Colts at Patriots in Hamburg. Nope. Actually, check that. Frankfurt. It is 
I'm going to say the result is interesting because of what was reported or speculated during the week that Belichick could come home if they lose and get fired. Fair to say it's the most watchable 9.30 a.m. game yes. being played in Germany. I think the idea that this is the Kraft's Super Bowl is hilarious. Is crap. Yeah. Yeah, fair. This is like their Super Bowl. No, I'm pretty sure the Super Bowl is like their Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, for a franchise that normally goes to the Super Bowl, you can't say, "Hey, us against the Colts in Frankfurt." It's hey, we're our- not going to live in. We're not going <laughs> to win in Germany. Unacceptable. Fire them all. All right, Texans at Bengals. I think it's watchable. Spicy yeah. quarterback watchable. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Saints Vikings. Uh, Packers Steelers. Uh, Oh, gosh. Uh, Titans, Buccaneers, Will Levis? Lightly. 49ers, Jaguars, important. Very. And watchable. Game of the week. Very. How about Browns at Ravens? Very. Okay. Falcons at the Kyler Murray-led Cardinals. Mm. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm curious. I, I'm curious. Really? My good buddy, Kyler Murray, yeah. You're being nice. Uh, uh, Lions at Chargers. Very. Very. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giants at Cowboys. Cowboys are given 17 to the Giants. Is that, is that a non-watcher? Um, I guess it's watchable to see how unwatchable it is, <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. Commanders at Seahawks. Yeah, I got you there. Uh, and then the Sunday night spectacular, Jets at Raiders. Dun, 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 dun. Spectacular, spectacular. Yeah, I, I am. I want to see what the Raiders do. Uh, in week two with Antonio Pierce as their head coach. Anything else? That's it. That's the most watchable, least watchable games this weekend. What is the lead story on Monday? Todd, I'm going to start with you. Much maize and blue about nothing. Harbaugh gets slapped on the wrist. Okay. Seton O'Connor. I believe it's going to be hardball related. I just don't know which way. It might be. I think people are going to be unhappy with the announcement. Michigan unhappy or the rest of the country unhappy? TBD. TBD. Uh, Marvin, what's the lead on Monday? I'm going to go Caleb's last stand. USC upsets Oregon. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Pauling? Michigan's full blast response to what happens later today. Hmm. Full blast. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Penn State's It's case. The obvious. They end up winning. Oh. How about Penn State surprises Michigan? Mm-hmm. That would probably lead. No, it's still going to be, whatever happens to Harbaugh is going to be the lead. It feels like, you know, he's either punished or he's not punished. And then that'll be the story that everybody runs with on Monday. Uh, This day in sports history, Paulie. 1928, Newt Rockney made his famous win one for the Gipper speech. Did he have any other speeches of note? That was the biggie, I guess. But did he have, that's the only time he ever had a speech like that? It's the only time the star player died the week of a big game against mm. Army. Okay. Um, You're basically saying like, yeah, Gettysburg was nice, Abe Lincoln, but <laughs> what else you got? Yeah. 
Do you think Abe Lincoln had a speech that was similar? I mean, it was it was good, but he only did it once. I mean, when he did interviews afterwards, he never wanted to talk about that speech. He wanted to talk about the others. Oh, he was moving on. Yeah, I'm moving on. Yes, more. You know, MLK had a dream, but what else did he yeah, have? What else? No, did no, he, have, he did though. have. No, he had some uh, great speeches. Martin Luther King had some great speeches. Just not Newt Rockney. And we're going to go out there and we're going to win, 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 win. (laughs) Boy, that got me fired up. Here's one. 1957, 103,000 people. 1957, uh, attend the 49ers-LA Rams game. Largest crowd in NFL history. 1957. Hmm. And uh, that's about it. Okay. You know who's the youngest coach in NBA history? It happened on this date in 1964. 1964. Youngest head coach in NBA history. He was a player coach. Paulie? Bill Russell? No. Dave DeBusher. Dave DeBusher for the Detroit Pistons. Eventually went on to play for the Knicks. Is he on the sidelines in uniform and like a warm-up and coaching? And when he was on the floor, he was coaching. (laughs) Uh, Marvelous Marvin Hagler retained his uh, world middleweight title. A 15-round unanimous decision over Roberto Duran. No miles. All right. Uh, Frank in California. Frank, we'll squeeze you in here. Hey, gentlemen. Really enjoy the show. You guys were talking about edge rushers earlier. Oh, by the way, 5'11 and a half. A semi-stop. 206. Anyway, um, Fred Dean was in, in the modern era, in my opinion, was the absolute best. I read a, a quote one time in Sports Illustrated. They said the uh, tight end in the league said the only way you could block Fred Dean is with a pickup truck. And uh, last thing, since uh, you guys are trying to move on here, I have a relative that did an internship for you, Dan, said you're a great guy. He's now a very successful guy in the NBA. But with that, enjoy your weekend, gentlemen. All right. Thank you, Frank. Somebody was an intern for us, now successful in the NBA. Giannis? LeBron, Steph Curry, Joker, Joker. Question mark. You know, balance of life for an athlete. The Joker has it. He does have his priorities in in the right place. Like he, he's like, all right, I go to work, and then I get to go home, and that's why I wonder. He doesn't strike me. He's going to play ten years, ten more years, like five years. Maybe get another MVP. Maybe if they get another title, then that'd be like, I'm going to uh, go home and be with my horses. Todd, what'd you learn on today's program? Vikings coach Kevin O'Connell wouldn't provide details about what his father's role was with the FBI. He'd probably <laughs> have to kill you if he did. Seton O'Connor. We really have no idea what the Michigan news we is. We do not. Uh, Marvin? Between the Sheets was actually sampled 159 times. Thank you, Marvin. Paulie? I just looked it up, and Marvin Hagler's first name was not Marvin. Marvelous. Todd, what did I learn on today's program? Ryan Leith, who had special times at the Playboy Mansion back in the day, says Jim Harbaugh taught him how to be a pro quarterback when they were together on the Chargers. Playboy Mansion, overrated, by the way. Yeah. Overrated. I'd love to find out. The utterly inspired all-electric EQE, the great sedan for Mercedes-Benz, the vehicle all-electric, the feeling is all Mercedes. Learn more at mbusa.com slash EQE. Have a great weekend, everybody. We're going to do it again on Monday. For everybody here, the backroom guys, Fritzy, Seton, Marvin, Paula, yours truly, we'll talk to you on Monday. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.